Well, um, you know what I wanted to do this morning is I really have had this Thanksgiving message on my heart for for years, actually. But recently it just came back to me and, um, you know, I really wanted to do this message because it has meant so much to me in my personal life. Um, and so I haven't really talked about this too much in, in a while, um, but you know, just because now is Thanksgiving, it's just a good time to say it. And I believe the Holy Spirit really wants us to hear this this morning. So, Lord, help me say this. I want to read uh, Romans 1, 18 through 23. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. That's not against men, but against unrighteousness and ungodliness is what the wrath of God is revealed against. So don't think God's ever had any wrath against man. He's always had wrath against ungodliness and unrighteousness. That's a big difference. Who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. So there's a suppression of the truth that's happened all throughout history. Uh, right from the garden, right from the devil came in and started, that's what he did with Eve and and he suppressed the truth, and of course we see that in our society today, in our culture today, you know, our governments, uh, every secular part of society is suppressing the truth. Uh, and then it says, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. In other words, God has revealed himself to every human being on the planet in one way or the other. Isn't that really awesome? that the Lord has done that. It just shows His goodness and kindness. For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen. Uh, you know, the fall is a great time to see God's invisible attributes. Amen? Amen? One time, you know, just one of the things that I like to do every day is to look outside and look at what's going on around outside the nature because it's God, it's a doorway into the spiritual realm that God has given us. How many people have ever heard someone say, when I'm in nature, I feel closer to God? A lot of people feel that. I'm talking about unsaved people because of this thing right here, because God is in nature. God speaks through nature. He's declaring His glory through nature. And so I encourage you to take time to look up into the sky at night and look at the stars and look at the moon, the sunrise. All these things, do these, and when you do these, there's a... There's something that can happen in your life spiritually. It, it pulls you towards the heart of the Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you. Isn't that really great? Um, anyways, let me just go ahead and uh, read it up here since my iPad decided to kick me off and um, tell me something else that it really shouldn't be telling me for some unknown reason. Okay. Um, being understand, you know, his, the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal, his eternal power in God's head. So they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, that that's such a profound Verse right there, although they knew God, okay, although they knew God. In other words, 
this is talking to people who know God that some, on some level. It's for any person who's ever known God on some level, and especially how much more us this morning. I just want to emphasize how much more us this morning that we have gotten to, to know God. Amen? And um, it says they did not glorify Him as God. Okay? Neither or nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. So that word thoughts there, I want you to really understand this. That means their intellect. Okay? That's what that word thoughts are. It means your intellect. It means your reasoning. It means your logic. And so what this really teaches us is our lives are going to be governed by our intellect if we allow them. Or our lives will be served by our intellect if we allow it. It's either governed or served. There's no in-between. Your intellect today is either governing you or it is serving you. Now, I really want you to get that this morning. It's either governing. You ask yourself the question, is it governing me or is it serving me? And you will find out if it's... I'm still trying to get back to my, to my notes here. Somehow, Lord, have mercy on me, right? I'm going to get back to it. Have mercy, Lord. You know? Grace, grace. So, what happens when our intellect is governing us, it will cause your heart, which the Bible tells us our heart is our true self. That's who you really are. It will darken that part of your life. That's what happens. It will darken you as a person. You will become a dark person. You will not really be who you really are because you will be darkened. And you will lose touch with spiritual reality. Because you can't be yourself truly without being in touch with spiritual reality. You can't be yourself if, you, if you're not in touch with the Father because only the Father can tell you who you really are. And He has to continually communicate that to your heart because the devil and the world is continually communicating something else to your heart. They're continually telling you you're somebody else because there's, there's this little battle that goes on. And so that's what really begins to happen in people's lives is they lose touch with who their heart is. It says their hearts become darkened. And not only can't you tell who you are, you cannot, everything you see, there's not a reality about the world you live in. You're not, you're seeing the world from your intellect, but, but your intellect has lost touch with God. Why has it lost touch with God? Because it refused to glorify God or be thankful to God. That this is the great secret of spirituality for Christians. The great secret rests in mine and yours intellect. Our, our intellect is the secret. It's the secret to being spiritual or to being carnal. It's what we determine, what we do in our minds with God. Are y'all good? Now, the next verse I want to read is down to verse 28. Okay? The Lord's good, isn't He? Yes, He is good. 
And so in verse 28, I'm going to find it. Oh, yes, thank you, Lord. It said, even as they did not like to, like to retain God in their knowledge, in their intellect, in their, their reasoning, in their logic, they decided they weren't going to retain God there. Christians decide that all the time because God does stuff that doesn't make sense to their natural mind. Therefore, they reject what God is doing and in essence, they're rejecting God whether they would say that or believe that or not. We have to settle these things. When we reject what God is doing because we don't understand it, we have exalted our understanding and our intellect above God, above the Bible, above the Holy Spirit. That's not the way you want to live your life. Yet, I will say this without question, at least 90% of Christianity in America lives like that. And probably I'm part of that 90%. I'm not claiming not to be, but I am saying this. I have a deep desire in my heart to get out of that 90% and get over into the 10% of people who are tapping into heaven, who are tapping into the tree of life. And who are tapping in from the wisdom from above instead of this wisdom the Bible says from the earth, which is earthly, sensual, and demonic. It may not all be sensual. It may not all be demonic. But I'll tell you this. I will tell you this today. If you are tapping into earthly wisdom, it has the potential to become very sensual in your life. And that has the potential to become very demonic. That's the truth of the Scripture. The wisdom of above has no potential to become sensual and no potential to become demonic. It's the truth. Anyways, they didn't want to retain God in their intellectual knowledge. So God gave them over to a debased mind. Mind here is the Greek word N-O-U-S. Noose. It means the entire mind. Now, let me tell you this real quick. I think in my lifetime, I can't prove this, I need to research this more, I think in my lifetime medical science has come to the conclusion about our minds. But before my lifetime, I don't think they knew this. But the Bible's always knew this. The Bible teaches this. The New Testament teaches this, that our minds are made up of three parts. It's the intellectual part that we just talked about, but there's also another part called the seeing or the I don't even like to call it the imagination because we think imagination is not real. But there's a sensory part of our mind. We would call it the left brain, right brain thing, right? One of them is intellectual, one of them is creative. It's true. There's a sensing, seeing, intuitive part that makes up part of our mind. And then there's the emotional part of our mind. Okay? And so... When we decide in our intellect, I'm just telling you the reason our intellect's important this morning. See, I don't put intellect down. I love intellect, but I love it in its right place. When we decide in our intellect not to retain God there, our entire mind, our entire thinking, our imaginations, our dreams, our emotions, our passions, our feelings all become darkened. They all have this darkness on them. They all have this negative thing working on them. Do you see why? And it all begins in your thought life. It all begins where, they, where you have allowed God to be the Lord in your intellect. Or is your intellect your Lord? And if it is, there's a spiral, which I'm not going I skipped over the spiral. The spiral of mankind down. Because why? 
because in his intellect, he refused to retain God. He refused to glorify God. He refused to be thankful. And it's destructive. It's destructive. People get into affairs over it. People reject God over it. People do bad things over it. They're mean to each other over it. They go after false gods. Are you okay? All right. So, the supernatural life is built upon glorifying God and being thankful in your intellect. If you want to be a spiritual person, you can be. You can be. Just by being thankful in your thinking. And giving God glory in your thinking. That's, that's all it takes. That's the door that everything swings on. Just that little simple. And, and everybody stumbles over it. How could it be that simple? Because God has made it that simple. God has decided that. God has invited people into his presence. And all he is saying is submit your intellect to my presence. Submit your intellect to my presence. Let your intellect serve you and bring you in. Don't let your, your intellect rule you and keep you on the outside looking in. Frustrated. Anyways, I want to look at that word glorify. You know, Lord, have mercy. Because I want, I want, I'm not talking about being thankful necessarily, but I am. But glorify is so important. Because we sing this morning, glory in the highest. Wasn't that awesome? <laughs> that song is awesome. Andy really hit a home run on that. I mean, he hit a grand slam. It's a powerful song. And uh, because the Lord is worthy. Right? And it says, and I want to read Revelations 4, 9 through 11. It says, whenever the living creatures, this is what's going on in heaven right this second. Whenever there's these creatures, everybody say creatures. Oh, think, people think church can be weird. Good Lord, there's creatures in heaven. Think about it. I mean, there's these creatures that have four different faces. I mean, seriously, when you think about it, like, like, duh, what kind, of, what kind of religion do we have here? They got four faces up there. When you think about Christianity and some of the stuff in the Bible, it's, if you pull back and think, like, good Lord, what have I got myself involved in here? I, I, this is weird. Creatures. There's creatures up there. When you think about it, it really like, oh, Lord. What are we getting in here? I'm glad I got in, though. Whenever the living creatures give glory, listen, it's glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne. Glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne. Who lives forever and ever. Isn't that beautiful? The 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. Have you ever wondered about this? Is It shows us this snapshot right here. A snapshot in heaven. I'm, throwing, I'm talking about throwing the crowns down. What happens the next moment? Do they go pick up the crowns and just do it all over again? Seriously, have you thought about that? I guess that's what they do. How little do we know, right? They may have an ultimate number of crowns that they're, they're throwing. I just was curious about that, actually. Well, anyways, the word 
glory here means something that has inherent intrinsic worth. Inherent intrinsic worth. Lord, and the word honor mean, means perceived value to render or esteem something glorious. So to glorify God is to honor Him for who He really is. Okay, that's what, in fact, that Romans verse, actually, I think New American Standard says they didn't honor God, God instead of glorify God. Because glorify God means to honor God. God deserves to be honored for who He is. He deserves honor. Because God is intrinsically valuable. He's intrinsically valuable. Okay? There was this story that I actually read about some people who went to a yard sale. This was last year in May, 2013, May. And bought, well, this, this is when the story came out. It was probably, they probably bought this. They bought this vase at a yard sale for $3. Okay? And they put it together, oh, this is a pretty base. We'll stick it on the mantle. And it sat there on their mantle for two years. And for some reason, they got in their mind, like, this thing might be worth a little bit of money, you know? So they had it appraised. The vase turned out to be a 1,000-year-old Chinese vase worth $2.2 million. They did not see the intrinsic value in that vase. But their eyes were open one day when they got that $2 million. Well, however much they had left after the IRS finished with them, right? <laughs> Strike that from the record, but anyway. <laughs> That's collectors, people who know stuff, car collectors, they see stuff that we don't see. Okay, they see value in things. Emerson Manning's a big yard. He can go to a yard sale and he sees stuff that's valuable. Oh, that's worth $2, get it, and he'll sell it for $200 a month later because he sees stuff that we don't see. And you see, that's what... Honor is. Honor sees something. Honor places value on something that other people miss. Okay? And I have redone that Romans one twenty one and said it like this. Although they knew God, they stopped highly valuing God and giving Him honor. Although they knew God, they stopped highly valuing God and giving Him honor. Christians do that. We've all been guilty of that, I believe. There's been times in my life when I have not highly valued God the way God deserves to be highly valued. And when I did that, I was shutting myself off from Him. He was not shutting Himself off from me. I and my intellect was shutting myself off from Him. Are y'all getting that? Okay, everybody's good. I'm, so the Bible shows us many ways to honor and glorify God. One, here's some practical things. 1 Corinthians six eighteen through 20 says to be sexually pure is honoring to God. Being sexually pure. In other words, don't be having sex with somebody you're not married to. And all the other things that people could do. Proverbs 3, 9 says giving to God honors God. Uh, Romans 14, 8 says, Living a life devoted to God honors God. And John 15, 8 says, When we allow the Holy Spirit to produce fruit in our life, brings much honor to God. 
Those are just a few little things. Jesus said this in Matthew 15, 8, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In other words, what Jesus was saying, it's, just not what you, it's not just what you say, but it's what's in your heart. True honor comes out of the heart. I think I quoted a scripture a couple of weeks ago in the Message Bible where it says, it's not the dictionary that gives definitions to your words, but it's your heart that gives definitions to your words. You can say the right thing, say grateful things, say honoring things, but your heart be way away. And God looks right into your heart because the Bible says God looks into our hearts and He knows us by our hearts. He knows the intent of our heart. He knows the meaning of our words, what we really mean. You can say, oh, I love that person, but your heart could really be saying, I really can't stand them, but I'm going to say I love them because it's the right thing to say. And God hears what your heart's really saying. Isn't that awesome? Sort of. Yeah. Well, amen, Lord. True honor not only honors God, but it also honors other people. True honor not only honors God, but it honors other people. The Bible teaches us to honor people not necessarily because of their performance, but because of the place that God has given people. Let me say that one. The Bible tells us to honor people not based on their performance, but based on their position. Jesus said, honor your father and mother. Jesus said that. Honor your father and mother. He didn't say honor them if they're good mom and dad. He just said honor them. The Bible tells us in Leviticus to honor old people. Our society is terrible about the old people. Oh, Lord, we want a revival. We want to see God touch the youth. We want to see God move with the youth. How can we do it without but keeping the old people honored? Because the Bible says, honor them. They deserve to be honored. Our society needs to honor old people. They don't need to push them aside. I wonder if, if dementia and Alzheimer's is a disease that we created for them. And we gave them because we pushed them aside and said, we don't want your wisdom. We don't want what you have. And it released something bad into the atmosphere. Maybe it didn't, but I just wonder about it. Husband and wives are to honor each other. That's what it says in Ephesians 5. 1 Peter 2.17 says, honor leaders. I mean, these are just practical ways that the Bible says that we can be honorable people. Although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God. When we do these things, it's honoring to the Lord. And it keeps our intellect in its proper place. All right, I want to read Psalm 103. Is everybody good? I want to read Psalm 103 and talk about about that just a minute. And I'm in really good shape here. Thank you, Lord. In spite of technical glitches. But, you know, I have a new iPhone, by the way. And I have a backup here. If you have an iPhone, I was looking at Brian Nunn's iPhone. I mean, that thing is so little... You can't even hardly see it. You need to get you a six, man. I'm going to tell you a little secret here. I shouldn't tell this. But I can actually read my iMessages on here without my glasses. I can't use it. Well, I couldn't see. I didn't have my glasses with me. I've told people that. I, I couldn't see it. i, I got to have my glasses to read it. I, was, I had to hold it this close. <laughs> but I can read them. I, mean, I was amazed that they, I was playing golf the other day and was actually able to read text messages because of the new iPhone 6. Get you one. Yes. I'm, it's the best phone I've ever had. 
Mm-hmm. It really is. I love it. Anyways, back to the real world here. You know, Psalm 103, verse 1 through 5. This is a very famous verse of the Scripture. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. We always use that when we start eating and forget to say the blessings, right? And right in the middle of eating, Oh, yes, Lord, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all this that I've already ate, Lord, bless it. <laughs> okay, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Isn't that beautiful? Well, that word blessed there, is liter- it literally means to kneel. It's an act of adoration. It's an act of honor. It's what it is. We could easily put in here, honor the Lord, oh my soul. I'm going to honor you, Lord. Because that's what it is. It's an act. It's an expression. It's an expression of honor in your heart towards this God who's Reach down out of heaven and put his hand on your life and saved your soul and wants to know you as a, a father and wants to heal your life and love you and hold you and meet your needs when you have needs and tell you what to do when you don't know what to do and comfort you when you're lonely and when you feel rejected, he accepts you. And when you have completely, completely, completely fallen, He is right there with His arms open to you when everybody else, maybe His arms are open, welcoming you back into His heart. That's the God it says to honor. That's the God that we can honor. We can have this personal relationship with this awesome Father. So... When is God blessed or honored by my life? It says, when I don't forget His benefits. When I don't forget what He's done for me. When I don't forget that. See, that's, that honors the Lord. When you and I do not forget. You know what that word forget there means? Well, it probably means forget. It means to fail to remember, to ignore to cease to care. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you. To cease to care. To ignore. To fail to remember. Romans 1.21 Although they knew God, they failed to remember Him. They ignored Him. They quit caring about God. How many of us in this room could stand up today and say, there's been times that I didn't care about God. That I've ignored God. That I've forgotten about God. Anybody in the room want to say they would be that person? I'll be the first to say it. I'll be the first to say I'm guilty, Lord. Because there's been times when I've ignored you. There's been times when I didn't care about what you care about. There's been those times. And I'm not talking about 20 years ago. Maybe a few hours ago. And see, God is trying to talk to us. He's trying to talk to us. He's saying these are the things that bring destruction in your life. It's when you quit caring about me. 
you quit honoring me. And when you quit honoring me, and you quit being thankful to me, a darkness comes into your life. And you can't make good decisions. In fact, you're going to make terrible decisions, and you're going to spiral down, down, down if you continue into that mode. And you'll never be able to figure out what's going on around you. You'll always blame God when things go bad. You'll be mad at Him. You'll be angry at Him. You're in a spiral. It's true. I know it's true. The Bible says it's true. I know it's true from my own personal experience of going down that spiral, of being disappointed in the Lord. Instead of saying to the Lord, no matter, Lord, you're holy, even when I don't understand. You're a holy when darkness is all around me, Lord. You're still holy. You're still awesome. I don't understand this. I don't get this. I don't like this. But you're still holy. I'm not going to forget you. Are y'all okay? Benefits refer to the way God blesses us, the way He deals with us. 1 Samuel 2.30 says, "Those he, this is what the Lord told Eli, a priest. He says, those who honor me, I will honor those people. Those who honor me, I will honor. Now, it's not earning. It's not legalism. It's wisdom. That's what it is. It's just it's what he's saying. I'm giving you wisdom. If you will honor me, it will open the door in your life for my honor to come in your life and rest in your life. Let me read, uh, I probably, let me read this. You're going to love this. I love to read this. It's the, what I call the wisdom of honor. It comes out of the book of wisdom, Proverbs 3, 9 through 10. It says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So, your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. That's wisdom. That's wisdom. That's why we encourage people to give. Well, let's just be, you know, get dirty real about giving. If people don't give, we can't pay the electric bill here. Right? If you don't make money, you can't pay the electric bill. That's a reality, right? That's a true reality. But that's not really the ultimate reality. The ultimate reality is this. If we get up and encourage people to give, it's for you. Because ultimately, you're going to be the one who benefits if you become a giver. Because God is going to pour out because God honors those who honors Him. And there's been all abuse with that. There's no question about that. I'm not talking about the abuse stuff. But I tell you what, there's so much foolishness out there in the, the Internet theologians about giving. and Oh, gosh, don't. Mm. Anyways, Lord have mercy, right? <laughs> Giving is not legalism. It's not earning something from God. It's simply wisdom. It honors God and opens the door for Him to honor you. That's the truth. That's the real truth on all of it. And that's the real bottom line on giving. 
And some people in this room don't give. Okay? And I'm just saying, you're dishonoring the Lord. I'm just going to be 100% honest with you. You're dishonoring the Lord. And the Lord is calling you to be generous people because God is saying, I'm generous. And when you're not generous, you're not reflecting who I am. Are y'all getting that? Oh, don't get all mad. You know, oh, he's up preaching about giving. They must have needs in the church. (laughs) Well, who don't have needs, right? Everybody does, but that's not what I'm saying this. I'm saying this because it's Thanksgiving, and God wants us to honor him. And he specifically says that's the way. He wants this to be a lifestyle of honoring and thanking him. And here's some more of the benefits it says in Psalm 103. Forgiveness is a benefit from the Lord. That God forgives you. Okay? Healing is a benefit from the Lord. That's how He honors us. He releases healing to us. Restoration. That God wants to restore your life of all the things that have been taken from you and all the hurts that you've experienced as a human being since the time you were birthed or the time you were conceived, some of us. I got hurt in the womb. God wants to restore you to wholeness and to what He and who He created you to be. That's that's His heart. That's His longing heart for people. God, in the Word of His grace, is able to build you up, to restore you, and give you your inheritance. That's the essence of the heart of the Father: to build you up, not tear you down, but build you up and restore you, and give you the life that you that you've dreamed about deep down in your heart that you've wanted. God wants you to have that. He wants to give that to you. And it says that God is a covenant-keeping God, that God's covenant faithfulness, that's a benefit. That God is going to be true to Himself always. Always be true to what He is, which God is love and God is light. And He will always be that. Sometimes our circumstances lie to us and tell us he's not, but he really is. He really is. He never changes. He never shifts away from that. And no matter what you're going through today, you can believe that God is love and God is light. And God wants to show you love and he wants to turn the light on in your heart again so you can begin to see and see with reality to see the truth of what's really going on around you, to see your life, to see people around you, see this world, to see it, to see it from His perspective. Because God is light. And that God is generous. That God is generous. It says that He satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. God is generous. God wants us in a... And so this is what, to me, when we talk about honor, okay, honor begins in our heart. Even though they knew God, they did not honor Him as God. An intellectual choice that we've made, and neither were they thankful. And because of that, their heart became dark, and their lives became dark. And God is offering us a simple answer today. A simple answer. And the simple answer is this. Will you make a decision today? Because it's an intellectual decision. Will you make a decision to honor me? Will you make a decision to be thankful in your life? 
If there's areas in your life that are specific, like husbands honor wives, if you're dishonoring to your wife, then make it right. You know? There's, there's things we can do sometimes. Sometimes it's just, I've just lived a dishonoring life. I've dishonored you, Lord. I've let my intellect rule. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I have judged things wrongly. Arthur Burt had a great little answer for that. Judge your judgments. <laughs> That's all you got to do. Uh, I was wrong. <laughs> that judgment was wrong. Y'all okay? Well, okay, let's just stand up. I'm going to pray for you. You know, hey, let's have a ministry team come up here. God wants to heal. God wants to restore. God wants to satisfy your life. God's a generous God. God wants to give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that your heart will be enlightened this morning. That's what God wants to do. He wants to enlighten us so we can see. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you today. Lord, thank you for Thanksgiving. That is a great time, Lord, to be thankful. It's a great time to be reminded of all your gracious attributes. And Lord, as we said earlier this morning, uh, you are glorious, Lord. You're worthy, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Lord. You're worthy, Lord. Hey, Becky shared that. I wanted to tell you the, the, the vision. You know, I have a few visions in my life that have profoundly affected my life. That vision profoundly affected me. Here was the vision. They were singing glory in the highest for the first time in the church. And I saw a vision of these people marching. And I knew, I knew who they were. They were the martyrs from eternity past. Every martyr there ever was. They were marching to their sure death. But the glow on their face, because they were looking at the Lord, and in their hearts was, you're worthy for me to march to my death with happiness and joy, because the Lord is worthy of my life. It was profound. It just crushed me when I saw it. It crushed my heart. When I think about it today, Every time I hear that song, it makes me remember that. Only you are worthy, Lord. You know what Bob Jones told me one time? He said, Byron, martyrs are awesome. We're always going to have martyrs. They're glorious people, he said. But it's a whole lot more challenging to live for the Lord than die for the Lord. And your job is to live for the Lord. That's what he told me one day. And I want to say that to everybody in this room. Your job right now is to live for the Lord. Isn't that awesome? And I think God wants us to do it with that beautiful thing on our face. Like, I get to live for the Lord because the Lord is worthy. The Lord is worthy. The Lord is worthy of my life. The Lord is worthy of my life. Of me giving my life to Him 100%, 1,000% every day. And when I mess up and take some of it back, like, oh, I'm going to get back to you because I took it back and it, it kind of went rotten on me. <laughs> you know? It got to stinking. Uh, 
it's like trash can in the kitchen that has food in it that went bad. Like, something stinks in here. It stinks up the whole house. One little old piece of flesh that went bad. Make your whole house smell bad. Walk in the door and, like, knock you down. <laughs> That's what happens when we take back, when we take back ourselves from God, any piece of ourselves, any piece of our life. Give yourself to the Lord this morning. That's what I'm asking you to do. Give yourself, say, Lord, I just give myself a fresh you this morning. Lord, I may walk out the door and take it right back. I may walk out the door and take it right back. But right now, I'm giving myself to you. I only got right now. I may not make it out the door. You may take me before I get to the back door. But right now, Lord, today, I hear what you're saying, Lord. I hear what you're saying to me, Lord, and I'm declaring in my life, Lord, I want to be a man who honors God. With my thoughts and my actions. I want to be a man who's thankful. I want to be a man who speaks honoring words. I want to honor other people, Lord. That's what I want to do, Lord. I pray today for the grace of God to come into my life. The Holy Spirit to fill me and touch me. And cause me to rise up, Lord. And become, Lord, the honoring man. And wherever I go in life, I can release your honor in the earth. And I can tell people, I can connect you with heaven. God, I pray you would do that in me. Because we're the door for the world. We're the honor for the world. We're the revelation for the world. And God is calling us into that world out there of darkness to bring His glorious honor and His glorious worthiness into that places, those dark places. And I pray God would get down deep inside of me and you today in those dark places in our life. I bless you today. And I pray that God will... Be- You'll feel God's love and favor on you today. I, I pray that. Lord, favor on every person in this room. Every, and Lord, this would be a great Thanksgiving. If there's people in here that are lonely because of Thanksgiving, that you'd connect them. And they wouldn't be lonely this Thanksgiving. And if there's hungry people out there in our community that are hungry, somehow you connect them and we'd be able to give them some food. And give them a word with that food, Lord, that would cause their hearts to come alive. And they would find the true source of heavenly food, Lord. We ask you to do that with us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I bless you in Jesus' name. And if you want to come up and receive... Yeah. Okay, Okay. they want to do a song to end with. So if you want to... Come up or just worship a minute. Just take another minute and worship the Lord.